Well, cheers. Okay. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. So welcome everybody to This Time Will Be Different. This is a really special episode, and I know I say that every time, but this is especially special because one, it is the first time we're shooting live in the flesh, and two, is the first episode that I have pre-gamed for. So... <laughs> for like an hour and a half. Yeah, it's been a while while we got this set up, so just keep that in mind as we uh, as we go on with the podcast. So today my guest is Ali Eve Knox. Uh, Ali, how would you introduce yourself to the, the viewers of the pod? Um, I guess I'm a fetish performer and content creator, and I also work for a bunch of crypto companies. That's awesome. So how did you... Well, first, which crypto companies do you work with okay. right now? Um, right now, I'm with Spank. I've been with Spank Chain for six years next month. Um, so I can't wait to see what I'm getting for my six-year anniversary date. I need to look it up and see what, like, six years, whatever you get was like. It's probably a good year. I don't know. Five was, like, paper or some bullshit. Well, first year was paper because I just okay. had my first year anniversary. Oh, yeah. And it was paper. I was like, nice. I imagine six years would at least we'd be onto some form of hard metal, at least. Or, like, a okay. precious stone, okay. you know? Maybe, like, just tell Amin it's diamonds, and I doubt he will look it up. I don't really want diamonds, though. I'd rather have, like... Gold? Drugs. Drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Designer clothes. It's a kind or... of precious stone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little different. Um, so how did you get into crypto? Um, I started in sex work in 2014, which was, what, nine years ago. And immediately I started to get my payment app shut down. So I was, like, selling socks um, for sale, by the way. <laughs> selling socks on PayPal. PayPal was my first one. And they immediately shut me down and they sent me a thing and said I had violated the terms of service because I was selling sexual services. And I was just like, what the fuck? And then it just started like Venmo, Square Cash. Um, at the time, Snap, Snap Cash existed. I don't know if you remember this. Yeah. Through Snapchat. They could like send, just send you. Oh, damn. I don't Snapchat. remember that. That's crazy. Yeah, the good old days. The good old days. <laughs> um, so I started to get all the things shut down and someone came into my room because I was working on a campsite and campsites take 50% of your income. Just a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Just to just, and they already—they don't even do marketing. They don't do any of your bullshit, right? And you just stream through them. They just give you that hosting. So they take uh, half. And at the time, that was like just—that's how this rolls. If you want to work on a campsite, they take half. The end. Um, so I was running like money through there. So if I would sell socks on, you know, off of my Twitter or something, I was having to run through my payment apps through these these fucking campsites and they were taking half and I was like fuck this so I'm bitching about this on camera and I'm saying you know my PayPal got shut down and I have a guy in my camera and he said do you know about this thing called crypto I'm like yeah I'd heard about Bitcoin like a year prior whatever and he said I'm going to show you how to download Coinbase you can put your QR code up to the camera in my camera and he can just send it to me like that so he did it and the price was like fluctuating I, he couldn't take it back which chargebacks are like a huge thing in the mm -hmm. sex industry um, so he couldn't take it back and I had no idea who he was. And so I just like, I didn't know how to use it. So I just left it in Coinbase. And then I remember like a few weeks or months or whatever, checking back and it had fluctuated. And I remember being like, do I sell? What do I do? Like, this is so exciting. This and is I had, 2014. 2014. I had no idea who this, I still have no idea who this guy is. Like he's still on my Snapchat and like watches my shit all the time, whatever. So he taught me how to do the Coinbase thing um, in 2015. I was talking about this on Twitter, being like, hey, pay me in Bitcoin or whatever, um, and dropping my addresses. And 
Darknet uh, from Showtime wrote me. It's 2015. And they were like, hey, we, we're doing a show on sex workers and crypto. Do you want to be part of this? We can't find a lot of people. There's not a lot of you guys taking crypto. I said, cool. So they fly to Austin. They rent this fucking trap house. And we go and film this. Wild. We filmed this episode. And I'm showing my Coinbase up to the camera. And I'm showing it how it works. And then when that episode aired in 2016, Coinbase shut my account down. Because they had like they had signed shown the thing and was like, this is how I take money from my titties. That's so messed up. So fucked up, right? So this is when I started to get the whole, oh, maybe we're not welcome here. Maybe this is not a place that they want us either. And it was tough because like I had been taught, you know, you can't take your money back. It's it's permissionless. It's censorshipless. Like I, you, it's for everyone. Anybody can use this. And then I realized like, oh, there's still terms of service. Like these companies still don't want us to play. And uh, sex work is conflated with sex trafficking a lot. I mean, you see it in the media and in the fucking narratives that the anti-sex workers push. And people just buy it. Yeah. They just go along with it. And they're like, okay, we're not even allowed the sex workers on our site. And then FOSTA SESTA came through, which essentially like repealed Section 230, which said in the olden days, you could have like Backpage. You could go and you could post all your, your things on Backpage. And the site owners would not be responsible for it. Like, this is, like, for Twitter, anything like that. Well, when FOSTA-SESTA came through, it repealed that. And it said any type of sex work that's happening on your site, the site owners are now responsible for. Damn. So if there's any escorting going on, if there's any illegal activity going on, the site owners are now... So if I were to tweet, hey, come meet me, here are my rates, whatever, on Twitter, now Twitter isn't responsible for it. So instead of putting... Well, what they did is they just started censoring us. So they started kicking us off of platforms. They would make rules that said no sexual content on their stuff. And it just, it, it didn't allow us to play anywhere. So we were kicked off of all these payment apps. We were kicked out of bank accounts. We are kicked out of fucking everything. It's hard for anyone, any of us to play anywhere. Our social media is constantly under fire for some bullshit. And it's all because now the government can hold the fucking site owners responsible. So they just knock us off. So they don't even deal with it. Um, so I started to realize that this was happening. Like, how do we fight this? How do you just keep going? And then the the solution at the time and still now is just pay payment plot. Pay payment. What? <laughs> Where am I going? Payment hop. It's just like payment platforming hopping. So if I can, if I still have a Venmo, which I don't, or if I still had a Square Cash, which I don't, I'd have to be like, okay, just send me money here. And then I'm going to play there as long as I can. And then I'll just go to the next site when they cut me down. And this is still kind of how we do through... Like a few years ago, OnlyFans came through, and so we weren't going to have. Do you remember this when they said we're not going to have sexual content? It lasted yeah. a week. It only lasted a week. It lasted a week because it hit the media, and the media was just like, "How the fuck are they going to survive? Like, what? This is insane." And then OnlyFans, I guess, was, you know, retracted this a week later and said, "Just kidding, we're not." But it's all this type of pressure that's coming from these narratives, from these, from the people that are anti-sex work, from the human trafficking conflation, which is incredibly common. And people just don't want us there because we're a huge liability now because of this fucking law. And it sucks because the DOJ came out a few years ago and said, this law doesn't work. This is the numbers that we found. It makes people go more underground. It makes them do, you know, sh shitty, shitty shit. You now got to go back to the streets because I'm scarlet lettered, right? Like, I'm a proud whore. I'm going to do this forever and ever. I'm not going to, you know, try to go and be a teacher or any of this bullshit. Like, this is what I'm going to do forever. I don't really have much of a choice, you know? I'm, I've, I've embraced this and I've made my career plan according to this. 
but there's a lot of people that can't go back to this. And you see this in like people that run for for politics. If they're running for like a local office and it comes out, they said, oh, they, this is an OnlyFans model. They're not going to let us in. Or you find out a nurse was doing OnlyFans. You know, you see all the stuff in the media mm-hmm. where it's like a nurse was disbarred from her job because she was an OnlyFans model or somebody. Some elementary so, school teacher yes, or something like, like that. very common now. And it's just these narratives are just so terrible for us. And nobody wants to stand behind us and say, listen, we love the whores. Um, I guess which brought me to Spank Chain now. 2017, they were going through their ICO. This is back in the ICO days. And they were saying, we're, you know, built with sex workers in mind. We're going to stand behind them. We're not going to close any of their accounts. And me, after going through, you know, all the fucking score cash and the whatever. In addition to the Coinbase, I was like, oh, shit, this is great. So I, because I had had no experience in this. So I got in touch with, I think I tweeted them. And Wills wrote me immediately, and we did a little interview, and he was like, hey, can we use some of this for promo? Because this, this is exactly what we're doing. We're building this for you, bitch. I'm like, okay. So Wills and I do this. He, do, he They're about to ICO. And then the next day, I email Amin, and I said, here's a job description of what I think I can do. I think that you should hire me. And if nothing else, I have a big ass, and you can ro- ro- use me for promo. And he immediately writes back and says something like, a big ass, you say? I'm like, all right, this is great. Like, these are my people. Um, And so I've been there. It was 2017. I've been there since almost six years next month. In a variety of different positions. I've been full-time and contract and all of the things. I am now, I work full-time. I'm still contract, which is great because then I get to work all the places. Um, And he calls me chief of staff. I say I'm an advisor because it makes me feel like I don't have as much on my plate. (laughs) Other than like running the estate and some products and him and with all the things. Um, But it's been really good. I feel, Amin's always treated me as an expert in my field. I am, but he's always treated me like that since the beginning. So it was very nice to be considered and taken seriously and listened to. Um, and that doesn't happen places, particularly, you know, when I pull my titties out, like people don't take you as seriously. Um, and Amin has always done that. And he lets me now that we've done this for so many years, he lets me run and do my projects and it's fucking rad. I mean, how can you, how can you go wrong with doing your own shit that you want to do to help the community? Like, I'm very lucky and thankful. That's awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. You've got probably one of the cooler jobs I've heard of. And like right now we're shooting out of the... The Spank Mansion, the Spank Chain Estate, Unicorn Palace. It's, it goes by many names. <laughs> it's got a lot. <laughs> it goes by many names. And Ali essentially runs everything here. Uh, we've been, I've been hanging out here for a couple of days now, and it's just awesome. It, everything is... It's a good vibe, right? <laughs> it's a good vibe. There's always food on the table. There's always good food on the table. There's too much food. I'm overeating a lot. <laughs> the fridge is always full. I have no complaints. Uh, Spank Chain takes care of its guests for sure. Yeah, it's a good life. It's, it's, uh, I don't know if he intentionally did this or not, but it's always been really community focused. I mean, maybe that's just the game of the sex workers plus the crypto. And then when COVID happened, we all like stayed in our homes. So now we're all trying to grow back together and be with each other all the time and travel and do conferences again. And it's just like a nice fucking vibe that Spank's always had. I mean, you, you see it, right? Like, yeah. everybody's cool and chill, and there's no, like... It's a family. It's a family. It's a family. 
Yeah, family business type of shit. <laughs> Spent chain. I know. <laughs> I call him. I call him daddy when I need him. When I need a raise or I need money. But yeah, it's kind of like that. Which is nice. So you said that. Amin, Amin is the founder of Spank Chain, for anyone not familiar. Um, you said that he gives you a good amount of leeway to run with things that you want to launch. <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing within Spank Chain right now? What are the things that are really interesting you and driving you forward? Um, I don't know if we can announce this yet. I don't know when this goes live or not, but we're re revamping Spank Pay, which was shut down in January. Um, we were wrapped on wire and, you know, wire went to shit. Um, so essentially Spank couldn't exist any longer because we didn't have any payouts nobody wanted to work with us or we would find somebody that would work for with us and then their banking partner would be like no no sex workers we don't allow sex workers um so we have been chasing different companies trying to work through how to do this and we have found some partners now that are very cool with what we do um they, what is spank pay real quick uh so spank pay is a payment processor for uh, sex workers so we can't get shut down. I can I can sell my socks. I can go and tweet titties and pictures of my titties with my Bitcoin address, um, and it just goes through that. And it's it's a real simple where I can just do my spank pay link. I don't have to do my BTC code or my other ether. I don't have to run all my fucking burner wallets. I can just do my my address, and then people can go there and pay. And it's really nice because as sex workers, like we don't give a fuck about any of the back end of crypto stuff. Like I don't care about how it works. I don't want any of the shit. I want to be paid. I want to hit out and that's it. I don't want any of this, sh the math in between, I don't give a shit about. And so Spike made it really easy to where you could do that. You didn't have to know your withdrawal address and all your bullshit. You just hit in, out, done. So it was really wonderful. All the sex workers fucking loved it because we it, we brought a shit ton of people into crypto. Um, you guys really did. We did. It's they've. You We've guys have really one of the good. best models, too, for onboarding people because it's just like, hey, want to get paid? Mm -hmm. Come on in. And it's I'm seeing you guys bring a lot of people into the space. It's really awesome. Because uh, it's also when you were mentioning in 2014 how you like were throwing a picture up of a QR code. Like that's like the first real crypto use case besides buying drugs that I've yes, heard of. Yes, that's right. <laughs> that's, um, you guys are definitely like the first group to genuinely benefit, in my eyes at least, from crypto. You know, like... It's not banking the unbanked in Africa <laughs> that like we really like hit first. First, it was the like helping people who are having trouble with payments in first world countries because it's a lot bigger of an issue than I think most people realize. Uh, at least most people in America, they definitely don't realize like how annoying it can be to handle payments, um, even just like internationally. Let alone when you're doing right. something that's like you know sex work and it's we're dealing with the. Uh, a government. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. And it, I mean, the payment part is a huge part of it, but there's also like, we have the banking level now. Um, I don't know if you guys in crypto have really experienced this a lot. If, if you haven't, maybe you will, or maybe you have. And, you know, anyway, uh, banking is a real fucking issue where, yeah, we can take our payment, but now our bank accounts are closed or we can't get mortgages. Or it's, we a can't get, it's a fucking nightmare. It's a fucking nightmare. It's very common in the sex work industry. Uh, we're a very legal business. And so it's insane that these companies can discriminate against this legal, legal businesses. Um, so I'm constantly bitching about this. And last year, uh, a lobbyist wrote me and said, I saw you bitching about this in, on CNBC or some bullshit, some interview that I did. And he said, um, I used to work for the cannabis industry and I helped them get banked. I think I could help you guys. 
I was like, okay, cool. So I took a meeting, an hour-long meeting with him, and he was incredibly legit. He was just a young guy, and he said that he had served on the financial banking committee before, and he wants to serve on it again. He thinks this could be a huge win, and this could be a huge benefit. And he sees it exactly what you were saying, like, this is a great use case. Um, so he contacted me. I put him in charge of the Free Speech Coalition, who was essentially our trade association. They do our regulation and our legislation, and they fight for us. They're kind of our union. Um, so I put them in touch with them and they fucking worked out a plan. We went last December and then we went in May. Um, I mean, went with me and we went and testified in front of Congress and talked about all these fucking issues. And it's really crazy because the Democrats and the Republicans that we saw, both of them now, almost 30 offices between the two visits now, not a single one has like rejected us or been weird or anything because they've seen this in oil and guns. So the Republicans have already seen this in oil and guns where people can't be banked. And the Democrats have seen this through marginalized folks and this was a cannabis. Oil and guns? Yeah. Too. So they can't so a lot of people can't be banked in those types of industries or they can't take payments, even though the stuff is legal. Huh. So we tried to attempt to uh, attach ourselves to a financial banking bill that would say that there could be no financial discrimination based on any legal occupation. So if you run any legal business, you can't have be discriminated against because they don't like what you're selling or doing or saying or posting or it's just fucking insane. Um, that particular bill that we were trying to tie ourselves into, it just got stalled because that's how the fucking government works. And so we may just have to write our own bill and then find somebody to sponsor it. And so that's what we're working on. So the FSC is working with a lobbyist to try to push this forward because there's no way that we can guarantee that if we get Spank Pay up and running again, that it won't be taken down by or our partner's site won't be taken down or unless these types of bills are written, like until there's type of legislation that can protect us. Um, so trying to revamp Spank Pay, we got shut down in January, trying to revamp that now. Um, building that out, that's going to be really exciting. We haven't announced that yet, so that's going to be really exciting to put back into the community because people fucking loved it. That's what we ICO'd for. This is what we started as. This is what there's such, still such a need in the community for this. Um, I'm really proud and excited to um, relaunch this. In addition to, in the meantime, we were working on this, they launched uh, Spank Match, in which is um, now that COVID happened and OnlyFans became like so very common, everybody makes their own content now. Like the days of going and just shooting in studios and being just a porn star, like that's not real. If you want to survive, you have to make your own content. You have to talk your own shit. Um, so they, it's hard to find somebody that's reliable or safe or that has been tested or has been verified or has reviews or has worked with other people or has co actual content. So Spank created a database, like a dating site, a match site um, called Spank Match where you can link up with other creators and you can make sure that they're verified and they have reviews and they're safe and they've been past tested, which means there's no STIs every 14 days in the porn industry. You have to be tested for STIs, which you have to pay for. So it's very costly. How much is that? Um, it runs between like 250 and 300. So you're spending maybe 600 bucks a month just to test, just Damn. to shoot. That's just already your input cost, just to shoot. And you want to do that because you want to stay safe and you want to protect yourself and your partners and the community at large. Um, and this is a very common thing that's dictated in the porn industry, not necessarily between small creators, but people like me won't shoot unless you have a fresh test. Like, this is just how we fucking protect ourselves. Um, it's it's a misnomer that, you know, sex workers are and porn stores are all like STI ridden and it's 
you know, statistically very untrue because we get tested every 14 days. Like we're having sex in a closed circle. I know. It's like a laboratory. It's like a laboratory. I know in the old days, even when I had partners, like I made them test so that I could keep a closed fucking system. Um, and it's very reliable. It's super interesting that as a self-regulated industry, you guys are probably more strict than a lot of not self-regulated industries, yep. you know? Well, because we have the scrutiny, right? If if we if we don't self-regulate well, it's going to go to the media and then we're going to have the politicians saying, no more porn, you know? So we have to be very careful how we speak or how what we say or how what we how we run our fucking business because we have so much shit to begin with. In addition to, also, Spank, sorry, we got a lot going on. That's awesome. Love to hear it. Um, we're, we're about to... Anamine's birthday. Actually, I didn't tell him the date yet. Um, our six-year anniversary, we are going to launch Spank University, which is our educational series. So it's things where we talk about, like, consent or STI testing. Um, the majority of the content we're making is for the adult industry at large, because that's who our base is, that's who our community is. But in addition to also, like, crypto people. So if you don't know how to test for STIs or what happens if you get an STI, how do you remove the stigma of telling your partner? that type of stuff because there's a lot of things that we're experts on like testing or consent or content making and we can share this with the you know people that are interested like you would love to know how to light this shit wouldn't you yeah no i mean whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. for crypto nerds you know right. like it's a good it's a good tactic and that's our base anyway that's our community is crypto people and sex workers so we're making content for that so ricky and i have been making content this is what we're shooting tomorrow and we have you know, real hot chicks that come and deliver this information. So I'm really excited to That's awesome. release that. Yeah, it's cool. So Amin lets me do these projects. So I get to do these, you know, silly little things that I really like and that are useful to the community. And he comes through and blesses them and marks them up or, you know, whatever. And I appreciate that because he's got an, an outside view and an inside view. You know, he's now a porn star. He now shoots yeah. his own content. And so he knows these struggles of this type of shit. You know, he knows how to have a conversation with your family about your dick on the internet now. And that's not, I mean, you don't do that. You don't no, know that. I was right. actually just thinking, like, how would I have that conversation? Right. I don't know how I would have that conversation. Very different than the way you would have it, for sure. But, yeah. That's good. Do you have any uh, insight into when Amin started his porn career? So this is this is what I have been told. Okay, okay. I have okay, been told to this. that... Amin was working on Spank Chain and was like, you know what? Like, I saw the like the strife and the stigma that the world puts on sex workers, and I decided that if I wanted to be a positive thing for change, that the best thing for me to do would be to start shooting porn to destigmatize sex work as a developer and successful man who is also doing sex work. Yeah, so that is an actual thing that did happen. That was a conversation that was had. Um because he could get on a stage and give these huge talks in front of all these crypto nerds and be hailed as this hero, you know, for the crypto stuff he was working on that he was working on at the time and now too. And people were just like, oh shit, you can Google his dick. And it was just somehow, <laughs> it just somehow was like a lead in. And, it, and people, I, I really owe, I mean, so much for my crypto career, really because it, he made people take me serious as an expert. 
that doesn't happen. Like, that's a really cool opportunity that he has been able to give and remove the stigma. In addition to, maybe he said this or not, I mean, just likes hot chicks, too. Like, it was a bonus that <laughs> he got to have hot chicks around all the time. It's a win-win. It's a win-win. No one's upset. It's an excellent business strategy. I'm proud of him. Good for him. And plus, it's nice having real good-looking women around all the time. I love it. It's definitely a morale booster. <laughs> it gets the people going. It gets the peons doing the yeah. peon stuff. You know, it's like, oh, one day. Right. It gets them taking out the trash and doing all the things <laughs> yeah. for us. And that's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, so from when you started in crypto and you saw the potential of what it could be with this you know, sort of permissionless payment system versus what you've experienced in actuality, um, we talked a little bit about this, but like, how how far are we from the actual ideal that like people like myself often preach? You know, like I very often am preaching like, oh, you know, it's permissionless. It's for everyone. Anyone can use it. Like, how far are we in reality from that, actually? <laughs> We're not doing a good job right now. There's, and it's not, it's, I shit on crypto sometimes because I say, you know, it's, it's not permissionless. There's, there is censorship issues here. There, we do get our Coinbases and our bullshit shut down, or we can't be on this exchange, or I have to change my photo on my Telegram because I can't, the people don't want me to work with me because my photo is a picture of me in a bra. And they don't want me sending emails and people seeing that avatar. I mean, just like there's still it's it's and it's not the math, right? It's not the math that's the problem. The math works. Like the math is censorshipless. The math is permissionless. Like the math is good. The 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 actual part of crypto is fucking. It just makes fucking sense. It's the people still that are having the problem with it. The us. tech is good. The people suck. The tech's good. The people suck. And it's not. It's the majority of people in crypto are so cool. Are so wonderful. They're my people. I'm so thankful and grateful for this community that has been so supportive and loving and just fucking cool like there's so many cool people i mean this house full of so many cool people right now that in any other walk of life i would not interact with or stay in a house with or make breakfast for like that's not how life works um so i'm really thankful and lucky that that happens but there's still companies that don't want us for a liability or because we you know, say the wrong thing or we do the wrong thing or you can search our private parts online or whatever. So until we get the people to remove the stigma or to see us as humans, I don't know. I don't know how we fix that other than just being around, changing laws that say you can't be discriminated against. That's how we have to fix it is really the banking sector because the banking, the off-ramp is really the issue, right? Like in keeping accounts, getting paid. If we can fix those types of things through maybe legislation, which I hate to put this on the fucking government, but I mean, I don't know how else to do this. This is that's my idea is like we have to go to Washington to now get this written so we can keep our shit legally because I don't know how to do it. it, I, it other than payment hop, I don't know how to do this because there's going to be some tight ass on a fucking team somewhere that says we're not dealing with these people. How often did you feel like it was just one person within an organization who was like evangelical or something like that? Like just like a religious person that was kind of ruining. Yeah. Uh, often I think it was certainly just one. Just one guy in the corner with his little arms crossed, like pissed off or like scared of us for sure. 
the majority of people that I meet in crypto are very cool, are very supportive, are down for us, love us, want to spend time with us. And then you always have like just not always, but you sometimes have the one guy who's just like buttoned up, not cool, or his wife is pissed or. I mean, that's usually what it is. It's usually wife is pissed or doesn't want to get in trouble with wife, uh, which is so strange because like we're not out here like hunting. We're not trying to pick up clientele. I'm not out here trying to get the nearest numbers. Like, yeah, when I was um, something I'll never forget because it cracked me up so much is when I was in Denver with you guys during Eat Denver, and um, there's a uh, a porn star that you guys had with you. <laughs> yeah, Brittany. Brittany, yeah. Wow. And um, she, I was in the car with her at one point and like she like saw my wedding ring and she was like oh like ask me about how long i've been married and stuff and she brought up she was like oh like what does your wife think about you hanging out with like porn stars and stuff and i like before i even answered that she was just like honey like just tell your wife that porn stars don't fuck for free <laughs> like, so you don't have to worry about anything yeah it's such a britney answer too yeah i can just see it and it's very true, though. We're not out there hunting. We're not trying to pick. Yeah, no hunts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's marketing. <laughs> not, not even marketing. I mean, I am I walked around. This is like the first time you've seen me in a very long time in like actual clothing with a bra on. And, and, and you know, I'm just usually in sweats and in sweatpants. I'm not around here trying to pick up the nerds or, you know, get into any wills. Although. <laughs> Speaking <Okay>. of wills <laughs> or getting into wills. Okay. Um, you have in your Twitter bio that you are a FinDom. Yes. Yes. What does that mean? And how does one get into being a FinDom as someone who is curious about how I can convince other people to send me money? <laughs> uh, I am a financial dominatrix, so I deal a lot in um, what is commonly what you're thinking of is like, just pay me type of shit. But it's also a lot of budgeting or i i play a long game budgeting yeah so like i control your finances right like that's what i'm in control of you and the things you spend so these are uh, long-term clients i'm i'm very long-term because i'm doing this forever like i'm more for life type of shit so i'm doing this forever so i'm looking for long-term clients so i want i don't give a shit about the one pair of shoes that you bought me or the dress that you bought me or the time that you paid me whatever i want to be in the will I want you to That's work awesome. harder so that I can have more. And I want you to be better so that you're better for me. Um, so it's things like you when you go to Starbucks every fucking morning and you spend 13 fucking dollars on some bullshit. Like, no, that $13 needs to come to me. And you need to be getting up and running instead of that going to fucking Starbucks and getting your $13 drink. Sounds like a life coach. There's a lot of life coaching. There's a lot of life coaching. There's a lot. It's, and honestly, it's a lot of relationship management is really what it is. There's very little fuck you pay me's. Although fuck you pay me. Uh, well, it's actually fuck you dash pay me dot ETH. You own that again? Says, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, you can send there. Um, fuck you dash pay me dot ETH. Um, anyway, just a little plug there. Just my little marketing plug. Um, <laughs> It's, it's it's very little that. It's a lot of just really relationship management. A lot of control in a bunch of different areas. Uh, which is exhausting. Which is fucking exhausting. Do you know how much, it, how lo long and how much of my time is dedicated to fucking managing men? 
Yeah, I mean, you do know because you've seen me manage some men. You've seen me manage some men. I see, yeah. I see you doing that. <laughs> right. It's like this professionally and personally. Are you in a way then the spank chain FinDom? Like for oh, the whole organization? For sure. Absolutely. I'm the company dominatrix. Without a fucking... There's your job title. That's the new job title. Yeah. I'll make you breakfast, but there's all... I'm, I'm in control of the things you're going to eat, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Susan, you don't like pancakes? I don't give a shit because I just made pancakes. So if you want pancakes, there they are. <laughs> I think it was just like this is this is me, and I couldn't hold it in, and I couldn't be the like sweet girl next door. I couldn't do that. I was just genuinely this, and it kind of took off, and people started paying me for it. Um, and then it became, I started to learn like what do people like? What I started to get long termers that would teach me how to do these types of things. Started to research a bunch of shit, and I've just gotten honestly, I've gotten very lucky. But I've also like put myself in the position to get that type of luck. I guess I've made my own opportunities. Um, I work a lot in a variety of different ways because, again, whore for life. Like, this is it. This is all I've got. I don't have a partner that I'm going to fall back on. Thank God I don't have to have that anymore. <sighs> um, I don't have a, a plan B. I don't have, like, a, a retirement. What happens when I age and I have a baby and all these things? So I've got to, like, bust my ass for as long as I can in many different ways as possible so I can, like, survive. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. That's the scary thing about crypto. I mean, we all have this same kind of conversation. Like we were, I was having this conversation with someone yesterday about like, this is our retirement. This is what we're all fucking betting on. Like, yeah, I don't know what I would do. If like, if everything goes to zero tomorrow, I'm pretty screwed too. We're all I'm like, <clears throat> it. W when you're talking about this, it reminds me a lot of how, like, I think I've even said on past podcast episodes, like, like I treated crypto like a rap career and started getting tatted. <laughs> as soon as I started doing like mildly decent, <laughs> I was like, fuck it. You know, I just got, to, got hand tats. I, I was telling someone the other day, I was like, I can either be a line chef or someone in crypto. That's all I got. Or a rapper. And I'm not that good at music. So, <laughs> you lettered also. You know, in my own way. You know, it's like I've got, I literally have ERC 721 tattooed on my forehead. <laughs> Same forever, bro. Yeah. Wow. Okay. This is very dedicated. You know, I'm I'm in a similar, not the same boat. Similar boats. Similar boats. <laughs> it's scary though, but I think that this is how this like hustle culture, hustle hustle life is now. Maybe I, in in me, it's I'm so ingrained to it because I just want more. I'm greedy, and once I have a little, I want a lot more, and I want to sustain this, which is terrifying, but also kind of thrilling that's like life too you know like i feel like if you don't have that in you naturally then yeah what are you doing you're kind of just existing and that's not a fun. Corporate job and you know those are that's great for a lot of people i didn't work out that it would did you have a corporate job at some I've point had, i've had real jobs i've had real corporate jobs and it's just it's not like inside of me i'm a topless kind of girl like, I just want a vibe, right? I want to get high at 9.30 in the morning and sit in the sun naked and scream at people and make fun of people and then go in and send my emails. Like, I'm, I'm that's what I'm built to do. I'm not supposed to sit into traffic and then sit at a desk and listen to someone tell me something. Like, that's not, I mean, that's not a bunch of us. The whole yeah. industry, that's how we, it's just, I think that's why sex workers really, like, bonded with a, Dinner. Yeah. 
Is that your schedule? How you like? Do you start the day with your fin dom stuff, like yelling at the dudes you need to yell at, and then transition into? Oh, yeah, I mean, there's no transitioning because my fin dom just goes straight across cryptos too. Like I'm just this is what I'm doing. Like I'm managing the things or the people or the whatever, and always demanding more money. Like that doesn't ever stop. The last raise that Amin gave me, I said thank you. I can't wait to have my next one. <laughs> I have so much to learn from you. <laughs> All right, well. Ali, I've had so much fun today. This has been obviously the first of first of the IRL shows, first of the pregame shows. More drunk and more fucked up than you've been in the other ones. One hundred percent. This is definitely the most effective medium for getting me drunk. <laughs> it is is bringing me to the actual location. It really it works a lot and better. Glitter in your drink that that was helpful. We actually should take a second to talk about and yeah that the drinks. Glitter. You can't really see mine's mine has a little bit. And mine's stuff. empty, but like the lemons are shining. So Ali yes pours me this drink and there's it's literally shining in the light. There's <laughs> glitter in it, and she's poured edible glitter into our vodka pink lemonades. It's just a great presentation all around. Yeah, we're spank. Listen, we're, I'm spank for life. I like this isn't even like I don't try. It just happens. Um. Yeah, you too. You or you know you too. Like, yeah, you. Well, usually. usually I'm pretty spanked out. I got like the sweatpants and the pink shades and everything. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for I, having me. Thank you so much for coming on, and I hope you come on again sometime. We can do some sort of. We'll do another one here if you'll have us, and we'll bring more guests in, and it'll be a. Oh, that would be fun. I'll show you how to sell your socks. I would love that. You do have a hole in it. I've got a hole in my sock. A while. The yeah. Well, what happens is like now you my wife wears my socks. Look. No, you can't say that. You ha- they have to be yours. They have to be worn by. I mean, these have only been worn by me. No, but they're also dirty on the no, bottom. They I don't dirty. They love dirty. No, they love dirty. Those. Now flex. You got it. Look at you. This is literally it. You got it. How much? How much am I making on the open market? You could do like fifteen a minute on a custom bid, and you could sell those for probably fifty. Although men's socks go for a lot more. Okay, this is awful. Okay, this is a crazy fucking story, but it's one of it's one of my favorites. <laughs> so when I sold socks to a guy named Brandon, Brandon will be watching for sure. Um, I sell socks to a guy named Brandon, and he he was spending a sh- uh, for a long time. He was spending a shit ton of money on socks. Like every single week, he was buying a new pair of socks. And he would also buy me a new pair of socks to wear in addition to that. And then you buy a custom video. So he was spending a lot of money. That's and such I, a good pipeline. It's such a good pipeline. <laughs> and I know what he does. And I know that he doesn't make a lot of money. So I'm like, how did this happen? How is he spending so much money on me? And then we started to investigate his Twitter and found out he sells his own socks to afford my socks. And he sells his socks for twice the <laughs> amount I sell. Ponzi. It's a sock Ponzi. So he's making more than his socks than he does in his sock habit for me. So he's actually making more. So- and he can still afford a sock habit. How do I do this? Actually, this is a great. I just showed you. But like, no, like I go to like a website. What? So that's the thing is like a lot of places aren't going to let you. How are you going to get paid? You're going to have to go through a campsite, give them 50%. You have to go through OnlyFans. Damn. You're going to have to put all your information on the internet forever and ever. You're and gonna... Brandon's doing all of this. Yeah. This is it. He's got four of my socks. Like I've been wearing these for three fucking days. That's like, like a really big these, hustle. And then he does these. So I've been wearing these for a long time. Brandon, you're gonna love these. <laughs> these are at least a hundred dollars. And these are so bad that somebody yesterday asked me to move them because you can smell them. Yeah. This is the the best segment this podcast has ever seen. So just know. <laughs> <laughs> there are many Brandons out there. I'm just lucky that I found my Brandon. You too can find your Brandon. I'm looking or for you a can Brandon. Brandon yourself. 
I like I I'll I'll I will Brandon I'll sell my socks. Who if you want my socks, let me know. Drop your BTC link or your ETH link in there. Editor, please put up a QR code with my BTC wallet right here. What are you just Reza.eth? Yes, Reza.eth. There you go. Reza.eth. Real simple. right here. Shipping to you only though, because you don't want to have to go through the whole. Yeah, I don't deal with international shit. Hey, Allie, thank you again so much. I'm, uh, I'll see you next time. Yeah, thanks for having me.